0: Can you imagine climbing Mount Everest? Imagine that, the world's tallest mountain, something over 29,000 feet tall. 29,000 feet, can you imagine? That's as high as commercial airliners fly typically, maybe that and just maybe just a little bit higher, but so someday when you're outside and you look up in the sky and you see just a tiny speck of a plane up there flying across the sky, that's where you'd be. If you were on top of Mount Everest, that's how high that is. It's incredible. You don't climb Mount Everest in a day. And you don't climb Mount Everest in a weekend or a week. Usually those who climb Mount Everest take two months or more to do it because you have to go up a certain way and acclimate to that altitude, go a little further. There's four base camps that you you achieve before you ultimately go for the summit. People die. Lots of people have died climbing Mount Everest what if you were at that last base camp that last base camp base camp four, 26,000 feet elevation they call it the death zone you're now in the death zone a lot of people die if you get up there on Mount Everest at that altitude you've already had a hard climb I mean a really hard climb getting up that far how do you keep going How do you keep going if you've gone that far, the air is that thin, it's that dangerous, it's that cold, how do you keep going? Well, you keep going by just doing what you've been doing. One step in front of the other, one step at a time, you press on, right? You just keep pressing on to finally achieve the summit of Mount Everest. That's what you do. I want to suggest to you that living the Christian life is sort of like climbing a mountain, And you want to do the same thing. You do the same thing living the Christian life that you do if you're climbing Mount Everest. You press on. You keep moving forward. The Apostle Paul used this analogy in the text that was read for us just a moment ago from Philippians chapter 3. He said, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We want to draw your attention to the idea of Pressing on this morning, you've got to press toward the goal. Paul certainly exemplified that in his life, and we want to comment some about that and how we must press on as we seek to do God's will in our lives today. We want to stop here for a minute to add words of welcome to those that Lee already mentioned. We're glad that you're here. We have visitors with us, and we're glad that you're here. We want you to come back. Every time you have a chance to be with us, we're always open to your questions. As we worship uh, God today... Let us concentrate on what we're doing in order to afford proper praise and honor and glory to our Father in heaven, and then also paying close attention that we might be edified, built up, and encouraged in the most holy faith. We thank you all for being here this morning. Let's talk about pressing on to the goal. And we want to talk about some specific instances where that sort of thing is needed. Some of the obstacles we face as we're climbing this mountain, trying to to attain to eternal life. What are some of the obstacles we face? Well, one of the obstacles that we might face is the idea that we've worked really long and hard. We're kind of tired. We're, we're worn down. We're, we're weary uh, in service. That's really the context that Paul... That, that is what Paul was talking about in this context in the book of Philippians. Uh, his circumstances involved that he was a prisoner at this point. We just recently studied the book of Philippians, and we know that it's one of the epistles that Paul wrote while he was a prisoner in Rome. And so here's Paul. And, and he had worked very long and hard, and he had suffered a lot. He'd been persecuted badly. And, and there were instances where he had been beaten, instances where he had been thrown in jail, one instance where he was even stoned, and it was imagined that he was dead. They left him for dead. Paul had suffered a lot, and even at this juncture, as he's writing the book of Philippians, he's in Rome as a prisoner, and so it would be easy to quit. It would be easy to lay down on the job, say, I've done enough, I've accomplished enough already. One of the obstacles that Paul would have faced is the idea look at all I've done, look at how much I have suffered, look how far I have come. And yet, Paul did not give up in that fashion. He kept on going, even though he had wa- worked long and hard. He continued on. Look with me in Philippians chapter 1. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, he says, uh, I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out uh, rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. Paul had suffered all these things, worked this hard, been mistreated this badly. And he said, you know Really, the main thing is that it had advanced the gospel, even to the point, and we've marveled at this, that in chapter 4, as he's closing the book of Philippians, he mentions all the saints, salute you, verse 22, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household, even by his efforts. Even some in Caesar's household had been converted. So, Paul didn't give up, even though he'd worked long and hard, and it would have been perhaps a temptation to sort of slack off, take it easy. He did not do so. now, there's no pause here among us this morning. We understand that. But it's still easy to get weary, to grow tired. Uh, there have been a lot of challenges. You've worked long. You've worked hard. What do you do? Well, what you do is you press on. And that's the message we want to really stress in our lesson this morning. Keep on pressing on. In Galatians chapter 6, at verse 9, in Galatians 6, verse 9, This same Paul said, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So you press on. You just keep on keeping on. That's what you do. Well, that's one of the kind of obstacles we might face, but there are others. Sometimes we're faced with the obstacle of disappointment in ourselves because of our own failures. You ever get this downright disgusted with yourself uh, because of some personal failure, maybe some sin in your life, maybe some sin that you've had trouble and it's been recurring and you've had to battle that again and again and again. Are you ever tempted to give up and just say, I'm going to quit trying. I've I've tried and I've, I've failed. I, I keep putting forth this effort, but it doesn't seem to work. I'm just going to give up. I think that is a an obstacle we have to overcome. I think all of us at one time or another face that What do you do when you're facing that sort of an obstacle? Faced with your own failures. Well, again, the answer is you press on. We think of the Apostle Peter as an example here. Do you think that the Apostle Peter was disgusted with himself after he had denied the Lord? In Matthew chapter 26, it says in Matthew 26 at verse uh, 74, he began to curse and to swear saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew, and Peter remembered the words of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Do you think Peter was disgusted with himself for what he had done? I think that he was. He was certainly disappointed that he had failed the Lord in this way. But what did he do? Well, he came back from that, right? And he became one of the most powerful preachers of the gospel that had ever lived, the And and was instrumental in establishing the church in Jerusalem, was the one, was the preacher who's recorded uh, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Immediately, those who were opposed to the Lord began to persecute, and Peter was subject to that persecution in Acts chapter 5, at verse 29, or excuse me, Acts chapter 5, let me get there, I'll get to the right chapter, yeah, Acts chapter 5, verse 29. Peter and the other apostles, when they were called to the council, when they were threatened, Peter and the other apostles answered, "said we ought to obey God rather than men. You're not going to back me down now. I may have been disappointed with myself back then when I denied the Lord, but not now. Uh, We're going to obey God rather than men. So skip down to verse 40. It says, when they had beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing.'" That they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name, and daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. What they do? What Peter do? He pressed on. Right. So when we are disappointed in ourselves, uh, whatever the sin may be or the failure that we that we are guilty of, what do you do? Your sin's different than mine. It's different than the next guy. What do we do when we sin and we're disappointed that we let down like that? Will you pick yourself up? You repent, you confess, you pray, you go on, you move forward. We've got to press on through that sort of an obstacle. Let me suggest another obstacle, and that is that we may grow discouraged by the evil world that we live in. I tell you, this world that we live in is really bad, isn't it? And it's getting worse. Uh, I, I want to tell you that, that if, if you turn on the news, or you read the newspaper, if you look on at headlines uh, by whatever medium you may use to, to get the news these days, there's a lot of bad news out there. And people are engaging in some really horrible activity. I mean, this is a wicked world that we live in. What do you do? Do you just give up? Do you just say, "Well, there's no use even trying anymore. this, this world is so corrupt that I'm not going to be able to, to achieve anything good. You just give up? Well, the answer is no, and of course the answer is you keep pressing on. We often talk about this, but whenever you feel that way, you just got to remember the example of Noah in Genesis chapter 6. You want to talk about a bad world. Our world is bad, but I don't think it compares to the world in the days of Noah. In Genesis chapter 6, beginning at verse 5, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and he grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will, destroy, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Here's Noah. You, you want to talk about living in a bad world. Noah lived in a bad world. Do you just give up? No. You just keep doing the right thing. You keep living for God. You keep following His will in your life, you press on. And certainly Noah stands as an outstanding example of one who pressed on in the face of all kinds of discouragements from the evil world around him. We can do that too. What do you do when you face the obstacle of failure in your efforts to convert lost people? Um, I think that all of us, what, what all of us want, I hope, as Christians... As members of this specific local congregation, what we what we really want is to see people converted to Christ. Isn't that what we want? We want to, we want to see souls brought to the Lord for sure. That's our ambition in general. And then, of course, I think all of us probably have specific individuals in mind: family members, friends, co-workers, people we'd like to see converted. And so we put forth efforts. We put forth efforts collectively as a congregation. We put forth efforts individually as we seek to influence people that are in our own sphere of influence. We want to see these people converted, but I'll tell you, it doesn't seem like it happens very often, does it? And so as a congregation, we put forth efforts uh, trying to reach out to the lost in our community. We get a minimal response. As individuals, maybe you've been working with somebody that you really hope to convert to Christ and you've been working with them for a long time but you just have not seen that happen. Well, what do you do when you don't get the success that you'd like in regards to converting the lost people who are around? Well, what you do is you press on. You don't quit. You don't stop trying. You press on trying to reach these. Even Jesus and the apostles were not successful in converting everybody they contacted, right? In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 13 and 14, that only a tiny minority of people will ultimately be saved. And that's going through that straight and narrow gate that leads to eternal life. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Many there be that go in there at, Jesus said. So even Jesus acknowledged that we're not going to convert everybody. In fact, we're not going to convert the majority of people. But we keep on trying, right? Look at the Apostle Paul as an example again. We know that he went throughout the, the the known world of his day preaching the gospel, and he converted people. But he didn't convert everybody. In fact, I don't think he converted anywhere close to the majority of people that he had contact with. In Acts chapter 17, we read about Paul uh, in the city of Athens, and he preached his very famous Sermon on Mars Hill. And it's recorded for us there, at least in part, in Acts chapter 17. And, and when that teaching had concluded, it says at verse 32, Acts 17, verse 32, And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from them, howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed. And so he reached a few, but he didn't reach them all. And, and the reaction of, of a number of them was to actually mock at the things that he said. Make fun of him. That's what we'd say. They persecuted him, ridiculed him, made fun of him. For what he was saying, what did the apostle Paul do in circumstances like that? Well, he pressed on, right? And that's what we've got to do. We will, we will face discouragements as we try to reach out and convert people. Uh, in regards to our collective efforts, or in regards to your own specific individual efforts to reach and convert people, there will be discouragements. Press on, keep on keeping on. Another obstacle. We're trying to climb this mountain. We're trying to get to uh, eternal life. We want to live for the Lord so that we can be in heaven in eternity. What are some of the obstacles that you face? Well, one of them is sometimes there are issues among brethren. Um, I'm going to tell you that this may be, in my mind, uh, one of the more discouraging things that we're talking about here. There's a lot of discouragements, you know. Maybe I'm discouraged with myself. I'm discouraged with the evil world. I'm discouraged uh, in failures to convert people. But I going to tell you, when there's trouble among brethren, this can be one of the most devastating things of all. I've often observed that there's no trouble like church trouble. But unfortunately, those kind of issues do arise. Um, what do you do? What's the use of keeping on when even your own brethren don't act properly? What do you do? Well, again, the answer to that is you just press on. You keep doing what needs to be done. Still looking at the Apostle Paul as an example. He's the one who made the statement. He's the perfect example of pressing on. Go back with me to Philippians again. In Philippians chapter 1, he spoke about some of the people who opposed him and tried to do him harm. But notice his attitude about that. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 15, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds. but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Paul realized that there are people who didn't like him and who would try to do him harm. He, he says adding affliction to his bonds. He was already in jail, right? He was already a prisoner. And there were some who tried to heap on to that. More trouble for Paul. So Paul certainly faced problems among brethren. Did he give up? Well, obviously we know the answer was he did not. He continued to press on. Are there going to be issues among brethren in local congregations? Sure. Those kind of things have always existed, right? It's not right. They have to be those things have to be addressed, they have to be worked through. We we have to make it right. But we cannot let it discourage us from continuing to do what God wants us to do in our lives. Press on. Just like Paul said, he pressed toward the goal for the prize of the high upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Well, finally, let me suggest that this just keeps going, right? We've we've enumerated a number of different obstacles that we have to face as we're trying to climb this mountain. I going to tell you, it just, it just seems like as soon as you get through one thing, it may be a personal failure or issue. Then you got to deal with another issue. Maybe it's a problem among brethren. It just seems like problem after problem arises. You deal with one thing, then something else comes up. It just doesn't seem like you can ever get through to where there's nothing to deal with. Well, that's the reality of living in this present world, don't you think? In James chapter 1, James spoke about that. Uh, early Christians understood the reality of problems the inspired writers mentioned the reality of problems. In James chapter one, verse two, brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Other newer versions will say, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I think that's what the New American Standard Version says. Knowing this, that the the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And you're going to face all kinds of trials, various trials, James says. But as you deal with those trials and as you overcome those obstacles, what happens? You become stronger in the faith, right? Your faith is being perfected in that process. So don't imagine that you're ever going to get to the point where you don't have any trials. You're going to have trials, all kinds of trials. But as you handle those in a proper way, as you keep pressing on, doing the will of God in your life, then you'll grow stronger. One problem follows another, that's for sure. But keep pressing on is the answer to the problem. Press on, just like climbing that mountain. You've been facing obstacles as you try to live for the Lord. That's understood, that's natural, that's going to happen. you just got to keep moving forward. This past week, they ran the Boston Marathon in Boston, probably... If not one of, but probably the most famous long-distance race uh, that's conducted every year, the Boston Marathon. A little over 26 miles. Can you imagine running, running fairly rapidly? You have to qualify actually to get into the Boston Marathon. You can't just show up and say, "I'm going to run this marathon." No, you have to you have to run a preliminary marathon, and you have to have you have to qualify with a certain time in order to be invited to run in the Boston Marathon, 26-plus miles. Can you imagine running? Those guys are running fast. Near the end of the Boston Marathon, there's what's called Heartbreak Hill, uh, starting somewhere in the 17-mile marker. So you've already been running over 17 miles. It's almost uphill all the way to the finish line, and it's pretty steep. And it, it claims a lot of runners when they hit Heartbreak Hill in the Boston Marathon. But the winners don't stop. The winners keep going. How do they do it? They just put one foot in front of the other. They just keep pressing on, right? And that's what we have to do. We're going to hit some Heartbreak Hills in the course of running the Christian race. Uh, we just got to keep pressing on. What's your situation this morning? As a Christian, have you been discouraged? Have, have, have you sort of... Let some obstacles get in your way as you're climbing that mountain, as you're running that race. Some things have hindered you and pulled you back. If that's the case, we would urge you, don't give up. Keep on keeping on. Press on. If your failure has been that you've actually sinned and fallen short of God's expectation, you need to come back to Him in repentance, confession, and prayer. If we can help in that, we want to help. Let us know. If you're not yet a Christian, we would urge you to make the decision to obey that simple gospel plan. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized for the remission of sins. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song.